Welcome to episode 66 of Movies in 4K. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And yes, you know it. It's another bonus show, our dozenth. I don't even know if that's a word, Lady Phantom. Twelfth <laughs> extra weekly release in a row here on Movies in 4K. This one goes out to Tony Smith, who stated very eloquently that the Star Wars saga is some of the best discs on 4K. And he said this movie looks tremendous on the format. And we're going to get rolling right away on it. And if you don't know that theme, you've been under a rock for the last half century. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are covering The Empire Strikes Back, known as Star Wars Episode 5. <laughs> I never knew that before, not too long ago. And I seen this movie in the theater, believe it or not. And this is not my style film, but I would presume that Tony, the requester, this is one of his favorite in the franchise because he specifically stated he wanted The Empire Strikes Back in the mirage of movies there's been in this franchise, Lady Fan. I was hoping for Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't mention that one. This is the one he wanted. It is listed in four genres, action, adventure, fantasy, and sci-fi. Yeah. Definitely, I'm glad they didn't skip out on the fantasy because I'd have been at it if they didn't. All right, directed by... Irving Kirshner. You must know this guy, Lady Phantom. Yeah, he directed this, The Empire Strikes Back. That's it? <laughs> well, to be honest, I didn't research oh, him. Oh, you just said last episode. <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't have time. All right, who stars in this? Mark Hamill. Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Frank Oz, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. All right, what does that synopsis say? After the rebels are brutally overpowered by the Empire on the ice planet Hoth, Luke Skywalker begins Jedi training with Yoda, while his friends are pursued by Darth Vader and a bounty hunter named Boba Fett all over the galaxy. Yeah. That'll work. And this, I want to say, I think everybody knows, is really the second movie that was released. Yeah. It was Star Wars and then this one. A New Hope episode And I four. just want to state, I'm going to add a fun fact to this one. <laughs> that Mr. Lucas himself did not even show up to the premiere of the original Star Wars because he thought it was so bad and was going to bomb he was on an island with Steven Spielberg, and it's when they came up with Indiana Jones. Oh, interesting. Not by me, because this movie is not good. And <laughs> either the original. You can bash me all you want. But I am going to be super critical on this movie here and probably the franchise of the movies I've seen personally. But this to me, is one of the, if not the most overrated series films in history to me. Okay. <laughs> I disagree, but... Okay, this film is rated PG, so it is for kids, and it's so kid-like, too, in my stance. Now, I think it's got such power, this series, because... This was the generation, our generation, Lady Phantom, when movies and video cassettes really took off. Yeah. And it holds tons of nostalgia to so many millions, tens of millions of people. 
Yes. And I'm just going to start this review with, is this movie does not hold up at all watching it current. Oof. To me, it's a mixed bag. I mean, I totally agree on the nostalgia. I mean, I remember when my nephew and I were, well, we are the same age. And he was the one that had all the action figures and everything. And I liked Star Wars at that time by proxy because my sister would take us to the movies basically because of him. But she always took me to the movies as well. So I kind of liked it, but I kind of not, you know, at the same time. The first one that I really enjoyed was The Return of the Jedi, actually. This one, I mean, it's funny because you are right. It's made for kids. But I mean, at the time of this movie, I was six years old. And most of the movie went over my head because it's not a, a, a story for children. Right, but you probably like to see the robots. Yes, the yeah, walkie. R2-D2 was the thing, you know, R2-D2, Chewbacca, Yoda, they were the thing for kids, but the story itself was far more complicated than a child could get. Yes, Actually, at your age. At my age, I was I six. was 10 here when I seen it, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's not hard to understand. It's no, not really a complex not story. Really, here. Not really. Now, by the time of the Return of the Jedi, I was already nine. And that one I did enjoy a lot. And not because of the Ewoks. I actually didn't like those. I mean, I liked the the accomplishment of the thing in which the bad guy returns to the good side. I mean, that I did like at that age. But yeah, this one was still complex for me back when I saw it at the theaters. Okay, we're not going to walk this film through. We're going to give you general summaries of this. I think most people have seen this unless you're really young listening to it. (laughs) But it follows a really simple theme. Now, you've probably seen the first one. If not, Darth Vader's the bad guy. Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Han Solo are the good people. They're on the good side. They are the rebels. Right, and Darth Vader and his clan and the stormtroopers are on the bad side. Try to take in over the, the galaxy. The this is all in outer space here. So this one continues where the last one leaves off, basically. They are on their own. Actually, Luke Skywalker's in this snow land. Mm-hmm. Planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is a name of Hoth. it. And he comes across this abominable snowman. <laughs> yeah, he, he looked like a very, very evil version of Ludo. Yes. And there's some stuff there. But... Darth Vader and his clan sends out what I'm going to call drones all over the galaxy, little robotic flying things, searching for them. Mm -hmm. Because he wants to defeat them. They're the ones who are the good people, basically. Yeah. They want good over the world, and he's evil. He wants to command everything. Yeah, and he especially wants Luke. Correct. And that comes into the story we're not going to touch on, actually. Homer Simpson already spoiled oh, Yeah, but we're, <laughs> we're a non-spoiler, so there is people out here that might not remember exactly what happens in this movie. We're talking 41 years ago now. Oh, my. <laughs> so that shows you how old this film is. But a key aspect of this, while they're trying to get away from Darth Vader and fighting him. He's trying to find out where they go. Luke gets sidetracked, or don't get sidetracked, on purposely goes to this other planet where the Jedi ruler teacher guy is, which is Yoda, this yeah, the, little... Yeah, he goes to the Dagobah system. Which is a what? What is his creature name for him? He, he is, yeah, I don't know the name of, of his species, but he <laughs> is Yoda. Because there is species on this. So. Yeah, I mean, like fa- once upon a time, he was the only one. But now with the release of the Mandalorian and Grogu, 
the little one, the one that they call the child. Everybody called him Baby Yoda. Please don't call him that. He's not Baby Yoda. His name is Grogu. But anyway, now we know that there, it's a, an actual species that lives for, like, for hundreds of years. Right. So there is the sidetrack here with everybody fighting Darth Vader and him looking for everybody and trying to capture Princess Leia in the ship and finding out where Luke Skywalker is. There's a lame training montage yeah, in it's here very and basic. some explanation. Yeah, really basic. Actually. Yeah, because he's seeing visions or maybe you're going to describe of Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's like a ghost from the past. But yeah, I mean, he is the projection of Obi-Wan Kenobi, with, who he calls Ben, because that's the way he knew him back in Tatooine. But he's Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he sees, I mean, you could say that it's his ghost, because it is his consciousness. It's just that he's dead. Right, so Yoda doesn't want to train him because he don't think he's good enough and he's impatient. And Luke finds out, I don't know how, but anyway, that his comrades there are in trouble. He has a, a vision. Okay, whatever. He has a vision. <laughs> <laughs> and Yoda and Obi-Wan's tell him, you can't go. You're not ready. You'll never be able to defeat Darth Vader. You don't have the true force with you yet. And he's a kid. He's going to do what he wants to do. They're displeased. He takes off. And there's showdowns here. There's captures and showdowns. I will say this because it's key. That Han Solo ship is in disarray and they can't fix it. And they're in outer space being hunted down by Darth Vader. And they hide and he ends up contacting Lando is his name, a Hi, guy Mason. he knows, a gambler, actually. And they end up landing on this little planet hoping for some help. Yeah. Billy D. Williams is not who you think he is when he starts. But then again, he really is in a way. Yeah. I mean... Everybody is deadly scared of Darth Vader here. Yes. I mean, he kills people with his mind and why he don't, these other people, who knows? <laughs> Let's just start. That's your story here. Uh, here's, I just got to start with such a major problem before I get into the story, how ridiculous I think it is, is this, what do you call it, Phantom, the Death March? No, that's the Imperial March. The Imperial March. Oh, my God. It's played at least 50 times. Every time it switches cuts to Darth Vader or him being in it, it switches to this theme. And God, is it annoying, repetitive, overused, and it crawled all over my skin after about the fifth time. Like, they could not play the notes of this song every single time that he's on the screen. And I'll also say, and I do remember this from back in the day watching it, I wouldn't have been able to pop this fact out of my head, but all the screen wipes in this movie, like after each scene when it goes to something else, it's a screen wipe. Oh, It'll yeah. be left to right, up to down, a halo in and out. And that got ridiculous to me, too. Yeah, that, that I remember from all the original trilogy, actually. They did that a lot. And as for the Imperial March, I will say, I think it's a fantastic piece. But, yes, I mean, they use it all the time. Like, every time they go to Vader, which is like 50% of the movie. Oh, yeah. They use the Imperial March. And sometimes when they are not playing the Imperial March, they are playing the leitmotif, which is with the same notes. So, yes, even though I actually love the Imperial March, it gets really tiresome. Sickening, doesn't it? Like, it I don't even tiresome. know how you could like it anymore after watching because these movies. this is only, I think, my... I, I, I haven't seen this movie more than three times, I don't think. 
the Empire Strikes Back specifically. So I didn't remember. I wow. mean, okay, now on to the story. I mean, it's a like we say in all movies, pretty much, it's a good versus bad tale, just in yeah. outer space here. Wow, it, it just is so lackluster to me. It, it's just not exciting. And I'm putting myself at the time I seen this too. You know, I was in that generation. And as you know, maybe not, I think I was a little more mature than most. Yeah, a lot. At my young age. A lot. I was not big into cartoons and stuff like this. I did watch more Star Trek than Star Wars. I thought that was a little more interesting. I wasn't no Trekkie or nothing by no means either. That was on TV a lot. But I never wanted any of these little dolls in this or the little spaceships because this was a moneymaker in apparel and merchandise. This was monstrosity, if not one of the biggest ever. Do you think, I, I have a theory, maybe, the why you were not that much into Star Wars and more into Star Trek. Could it be, because Star Wars actually is a story with which now has nine chapters, which goes from one beginning to one end, whereas Star Trek were like one-off things, everyone. I mean, they were the same characters, but it, there wasn't any really continuation until the movies and and even then i mean you have the 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 three movies it's i mean you could watch each one in their own right it's not like one is a continuation of the others at least not the newest ones right well yeah they ended every one with this was star date 2735 this Uh was one story in their journeys Yeah. yeah i mean yes that could be a good reason there phantom that's a good point because i'm not big on these continuations even today yeah on uh-huh. tv shows yeah, i like unsolved mysteries or these one-off shows yeah where you don't need to get this elaborate backstory because even the series i was into i got tired of like house of cards i thought got ridiculous after two seasons of it like they accomplished what they needed to in two seasons, what the whole story was. Mm -hmm. Now it's just extra because it was so popular. They're just writing stuff so quick. Yeah, but the other the other series that you tended to like, many of them had the same characters, but it was never the same story continuing, like being continued. Like there was maybe some overarching theme of some kind, right? but it was not something that, oh, if you missed... The, the episode yesterday you cannot watch next well, week. Well, I can tell you this, Lady Phantom. This is a big problem with this movie, and I even thought it back then, and I've said it countless times to other people across my lifetime. Not on a podcast, because this is the first one I'm covering non-horror movies, but I thought the acting is terrible in these movies. Harrison Ford is terrible he's absolutely terrible he's so much better nowadays than he ever was when he was a kid mark hamill is not good i don't think they're good actors lady phantom i didn't back then i didn't buy it and there's so much comedy undertones in this throughout it's very mild you're really not supposed to laugh out loud but it's this writing style this dialogue during damaging events i hate that in any type of film yeah you always got that from c3po like something terrible was happening and he was like chattering around and 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 he was super annoying the voice everything is super annoying to me gets under my skin the r2d2 the little beep it gets so under your skin when you're watching these no 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 speak for yourself r2 is nice it's so (laughs) repetitive i never liked the wookie either like he wasn't fascinating to me he wasn't funny because you did laugh but he was not meant to be funny 
Yes, he was, Lady Fan. I mean, the Wookiee, there I don't think so. There is dialogue in here when Han Solo's talking or Princess Leia, and then they know what he's saying. We don't, of course, because he's speaking Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah. And it's just silly. Like, it's so kiddish. And I didn't like it at the time, and I really don't like it now. It has been a long, long time since I've seen any of these original three Star Wars movies. Well, as for me, in this movie, I really don't think anybody was fantastic or really good or anything. I mean, I could think- you honestly even say they were average Lady Phantom for this time period? Go with the time period, too they were they were honestly a little below average yeah and uh, to me a little i know that for you they were way worse but to me they were a little below average i thought mark hamill was okay leia carrie fisher i think was the best one of them three and i can't believe i'm saying this but i think james earl jones like you know, he he did the voice for Lord Vader. He was overacting, I think. Yeah. I mean, because he is supposed to be like. Thankfully, this is not a not really the case anymore. Many times, but here here he and the Emperor they play the complete evil, and there are very few times that there is such a thing as complete evil. And they were supposed to portray that, and it did get like like, like tiresome yeah, because monotonous. And James Earl Jones has a great voice. He He's does. voiced many characters through his My life. My favorite is Mufasa, personally. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I thought he was a a, a little bit overacting. Uh, also, Billy D. Williams, I thought he was pretty decent. Yeah, he was okay because he was more tame. He didn't really have those comedy witty type lines yeah he mm-hmm. was more straightforward so it was a little more engaging to watch him because you knew something was a little off with him yeah so it, it perked you up a little bit now there's a scene in this lady where mark hamill has to go oh my god and oh my how bad is that scene well that that that, that, uh, that scene that that iconic scene I think it's one of the most made fun of scenes in history because that scream is terrible. It has oh. always been terrible. And I was a six-year-old child and I thought it was terrible. So Okay. With the overall story, I'm just going to say it's decent. I mean, it's a story. You know, it's science fiction. It's fine. But it's the writing. What happens within this story, who they come across, how gravity ain't taken into account just all the little things that would never happen is very bothersome to me and the lines but as an overarching story of these bad people trying to take over all the planets against the good that's okay that's fine it's really vast and large but okay and i will say that the part of the writing that i did enjoy a lot was where Yoda explains to Luke about the Force. I thought that was very well written and very nice because it ties to what is what actually happens with a person. You know, like if you believe you can do something, you have way more chances of actually doing it than if you don't. And it has my definite favorite quote in this movie, which is try not, do or do not. There is no try. Okay, I do want to mention Frank Oz because I didn't remember this. He voices Yoda, but the second he started talking as Yoda, I knew it was from the Muppets and I had to look it up. But he did several of them, Bert, Grimace or somebody. I forget the three or four he did. The Cookie Monster, you said, Miss Piggy, uh, he also did. Mm -hmm. But like I knew, I said, this has got to be that guy and it is because it's the same exact voice so whether you like his voice as yoda or not it's he's not inflecting a different voice with this character than he did with the muppets 
because it was so iconic that I knew. So I don't know if that's a good or bad. I don't know if you want Bert to be known as Yoda. Like, Well, I can tell you that with the years, because he died recently, like very recently, like within the last year or two, I think. And uh, he did a lot of stuff and he did change. Like he, he did change and let's say act better with his voice throughout the years, definitely. So he did throw some different inflection, yes. different frequency range because yes. it's identical to them characters. Yeah. Okay, let's get into some technical aspects because this movie, I don't know if this movie particularly won a lot of awards, but Star Wars is known for winning a lot of special effects and being nominated. I think it won best sound, this one particularly. Okay, well, wow. This is where I'm going to say it's super dated. And it has a little to do with the 4K, but I'm not going to get into that angle of that yet. That's coming up here in about five minutes or so. Wow, it's bad. Like, there's so many staged fake scenes to me here. And it didn't look that bad when I remember it as a child. Mm-hmm. Now, I probably didn't pick up on it as much because there are big, goofy creatures in a lot of here. Like, what is those ostriches thing supposed to be called in the beginning? I don't know. They ride these ostrich. Oh, my God, this is so bad. Like, I thought I was back in the 1950s with Godzilla and the Japanese movies. Yeah, I just caught that it looked a lot like uh, what Clash of the Titans looked, which was actually the same year, if not... Yeah, it was the same year, I think. And uh, that was basically all the creatures in, in Clash of the Titans are done with stop-motion animation like these ones. And it looks similar. I mean, it, and, and, and it looks dated, but... Looking but, at it now, though, Phantom... Mm-hmm. Like you gotta say, if you never seen this, yeah, I would be able to ridiculous. tell. If somebody said, "Oh, this was the best effects that could be done in '80," I said, "Boy, you are wrong," because I could name thirty horror movies that do stuff way better than this. Yeah, yeah, it looks dated. Like I see it, and since it happens in broad daylight, it does look very well, kind I of wouldn't weird call it broad daylight it was snowy in a blizzard most of it yeah it that was... and you also have the walker thingies uh oh, kind of shifts God. that were also many of the of them were, were done with stop motion and it shows now i know that once upon a time george lucas did a lot of cgi when they when he released the movies i think in blu-ray or dvd or something I don't know if he fixed, quote unquote, that in those movies, but here it's clearly not. And I am partially thankful for that because I prefer that than fake CGI. Putting myself back in under preteen years here. Yeah, I, I can't speak to what I thought fake then. But watching it now, currently, and other films around this time dealing with space, this was super bad. Now, I will say the stuff that actually happens in space when there's fake stars up there and the ships and some of them are coming and going, a lot of that was really good. I wouldn't say it was too fake looking. A lot of it was fake looking, but for the time... I think it was pretty exciting and engaging, especially when Han Solo's ship is looking straight out. There was some scenes in there I thought looked really good. Very staged, though. Very static. And I don't know if they did it with camera movements or how they did it exactly. But, you know, you can see that they're really not out there. There's scenes when people are holding on to ships and stuff. It's so obviously bad. There's some terrible scenes when they get to this land of where Lando is. It looks brilliant on 4K. It's a very oranges, and you see like things off in the distance. Oh my God, it was just like a static picture there. And it was so obvious. What did you think of them scenes? I didn't think anything of them. I thought they were okay. But I did 
see a few scenes in Vader's ship where they were using green screen, although they had no business using right. green screen. It was weird. And there was another with rebel fighters that you could tell it was a green screen, like it was really bad, but it really had no business being that bad. I don't know why. All right, let's talk about the puppetry, the people in suits. How do you think they did? Fine. Yeah, you I like mean, Yoda, which yes, is a puppet. Yoda was fine. I mean, you you do believe that it's a being, actually. Like, you don't really think of him as a puppet. And that was fine. Now, the droids, they were actually people. So right. even R2, like, he was, uh, he was a person inside of R2, so... That was fine. Right. And that's really the only way they could have went with some of these like C-3PO and. Yeah. And um, the dude in the wolf suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also died kind of recently. <laughs> Chewy. So you thought all that was good yeah. and it worked like it didn't. Take like, me out or something? No. Yeah, yeah, it didn't like miss a little bit with um, Yoda specifically. Because he is a puppet, and you know he's a puppet. It's obvious it's a puppet. Yeah, but no, uh, no. So because it's in the fantasy realm, you're expecting it, maybe? Yeah. I mean, Frank Oz was an excellent puppeteer. I mean, like, I I did. I always believed that Yoda was a thing. I thought his eyes could have blunked more than they did. And, but he did make some cool facial reactions at times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was good for the most part. I just think me looking back at this, it seemed a little out of place to me that there was a puppet in this for some reason because it just took a level even more fakeness than it was to well, me. Well, yeah, I mean, if you compare to nowadays, like in The Mandalorian, Grogu is actually a puppet, but you would never know. Like, you would never know. I was actually super impressed when i learned it was a puppet because i thought it was just like fabulous cgi or something but like he's amazing okay phantom here's a big one okay how are the action scenes in this oh uh many of them i would say maybe half are are good but gee i mean (laughs) gee yeah many of the battle scenes are like wow you know and for some today i caught something that i had never really paid attention to and it's probably because in the prequels especially specifically in the first one and the third one there is really really try not triumphant but very intense music in the battle scenes and today, specifically with the Vader and Luke's battle, it was pretty musicless, most of it. And I was like, wow. I mean, you get in, in episode one and three, you get the, the um, I don't remember how that is, is called, but it's one of my favorite pieces of music in the whole Star Wars. And this one is just like there without music i was like what is going on and yeah they they were not great yes the actual big climax scene with the um lightsabers is that what Mm -hmm. they're called yeah wow oh my god it was so like done in slow motion and just not what you're expecting for such a big movie like i didn't remember this scene i remembered the line of course but I didn't remember because it's a good 10 minute scene. They're going through parts of the ship and they're falling and then they fight again. They do this like three times with the sabers and somebody gets their hand lopped off with one of the sabers. And wow, it was not filmed good. It didn't feel real time. And actually the sabers were almost blocking a lot of the viewpoints. Like you couldn't actually see exactly what was happening the whole time, like how it was filmed and edited and cut. And it just wasn't near as monumental as it should have been to me. Yeah. And 
I do think if they had had better music, like more bomb, not bombastic, but uh, something like the 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 ones in this episode. I think it's called the Jewel of the Fates, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. That just with the music you get goosebumps, and the battle will be benefited. But here it was kind of like it didn't land. Not really. All right, I'm ready. Anything else you want to talk about? Technically, we're going to be covering 4K quite a bit, so. No, no, I think. All right. Ah, okay. uh, sorry, Tony, and every Star Wars fanboy out there. This movie's a two out of ten to me. It's a terrible writing catastrophe that's acted bad, worse than average. I mean, I'll leave it at that. A lot of the special effects, while we're good at the time, do not hold up now. And I bet you, even back then. Some of these scenes looked really bad, really fake. Okay, we're in science fiction. We're in fantasy. Let some of it go. I can't let go of the acting. I can't let go of the dialogue. I can't let go all the thoughts of non-science stuff that couldn't happen in this and all that interweaved. All the beings I thought were terrible for the most part. The abominable snowman's better in the 70s cartoon that you watch at Christmas time than the one in this freaking movie. And you were saying the, that Labyrinth looked a lot better. Oh, than this. Labyrinth is a masterpiece, according to this movie. And uh, because that is puppet and that's in a far off land, like she gets sucked in the dream world. So you can play along with that more. And they were all puppets. Plus the this writing. was a lot of intermixture of gumby style <laughs> and i don't even know if you know who gumby is no. lady phantom it's the no. stop action where they have to move it and film oh, it and stop motion yeah oh my god these big things that are shooting in this climactic scene i could not believe how bad these things were watching it again like it's so unnatural when you see them lift up their big metallic legs and put their feet oh my god it's terrible i mean literally terrible this is a two this is an avoid to me for all the reasons i have stated avoid well i cannot fault this movie for that because this was done in 1980 not recently at all and for a 1980 movie is not bad I mean, those kinds of effects were not bad. Now, I will say that this has never been my favorite movie. I know that many people hold this one as their favorite out of all the nine episodes and the spinoffs. But I completely disagree. I think there are a few movies that are way superior to this. But I can see why they liked it because there were a lot of monumental things and revelations or maybe not many but at least one in this movie that maybe give people a tone of oh this happened so it's amazing you know but it's really not to me this movie is a five out of ten and it is a rent i mean in general i know that will that people either will buy it or not and that's it. No, like people won't just rent it. But as a normal movie, I would say that. I wish we would have just rented and saved 15 bucks. <laughs> I could put it that way. And to let you know before we get to the 4K, if we do cover any more in this big series, it will be done written format. Okay, 4K visuals, Lady Phantom. Talk about the major thing that they did with this disc. A lot of DNR, and I am incredibly thankful for yes, that. Yes, they scrubbed this movie to death, but I think they overscrubbed it. I don't. It is super soft. Well, yeah, but in this movie, there are not really like close-ups to talk about. You do see a few, not really close-ups, but close and I thought the makeup looked good. Like in a scene where Luke is all injured on his face, he looks good. I mean, the makeup looks good. And I do appreciate that there isn't 
grain to really talk about. Yeah, well, I appreciate the requester saying that it's a tremendous or amazing release because of that. Mm-hmm. Now, for what 4K can offer, it's a letdown overall. Yeah, Because I'm going to compare this with Terminator 2, which was completely scrubbed, but they upped the HDR and color and the vibrancy in that. Yes. And they needed to do that in this movie. Why Lucas did not do that, he's probably one of them that wants to maintain a filmic look mm-hmm. for this. You know, film has an appearance, yeah, a look to it. It's more drab looking. It's mm-hmm. just not as colorful and vibrant. It's more muted tones. Right. And while I appreciate the scrubbing of all the scenes in this, because this would have been a snowy mess, this movie, if it wasn't done. With all the nighttime scenes and the snow scenes here, oh my God, this would have been some thick grain in this movie. And then all the scenes inside of Vader's ship, which are super dark, many of them, it would have been impossible to see. Right. So I appreciate that. I think they did it a little too much because faces are a little soft. Contraptions are a little soft. And so are the robots a little soft. Yes. They just needed to up that contrast after the scrubbing and just pop some more color out of them. Now, saying that, there is a few standout scenes here that were really colorful. And I was impressed because at the beginning of the movie, you you did state that, that you didn't think there would be much HDR. And funnily enough, they managed to use HDR quite a bit. I mean, not I all the time say or anything. quite a bit. None of the fire scenes in this had I HDR. thought at least one explosion was vi- like, like it looked very decent. And there are a lot, especially in Vader's ship, there are a ton of like, lights red lights and everything and they look very nice what i noticed is that lando planet Mm -hmm. because it's all oranges and reds while it proved to highlight how fake these static backgrounds were some of them scenes were very bright and look cool the one fight scene in this circular thing with all little like grooves and light coming out of them yeah Looked really good. It's not up to current stuff, but compared to the original, this is a good release visually. No doubt about it. And I will say also that I appreciate the blacks. Yes. Like, wow, space looks so dark. It does because there's a lot of stars. Yeah. And a lot of things shooting by. Now, I will say we do get a lot of George Corman effects in here with these lasers. (laughs) Yeah, that and... They look really fake. Yeah, and many times when the ships are shooting each other, it's like they shoot and then you get the explosion, but the explosion seems to be happening somewhere else. Yes. Like, but I mean, that goes to the movie, but the 4K really emphasizes that. But space looks a lot better than in many more modern movies we have watched. Dark, like really black. And because the, they were static backgrounds, like 2001, Phantom. Yeah, that and it works. makes the difference. And it totally works. And yeah, you can see that because then you have these dark scenes inside Vader's ship with Vader himself, which is completely black, and they weren't as dark. And uh, they were still decent. I mean, there were still some very decent black levels, but not as nice as the space. And I will say back to the story too, just for a second, is that these are the worst fighters and shooters in history (laughs) because 99.999% of these laser shot miss yeah and it's that is actually i think i don't know why they started that but it's actually a running gag i mean like even in a in an episode of the mandalorian they made fun of that like without really making fun of it but i was like laughing 
might okay, be high though. So that goes to knocking points off just for you out there that's going to criticize me for my two. I'll also say Billy D. Williams is Superman in disguise because he can see a thousand miles away <laughs> a person hanging <laughs> from this monstrosity of a ship. Yeah, when he saw Luke, you were like, wow. I was like, no, no, no. He has elvish eyes. It's like Legolas. <laughs> All right. Sound is an Atmos track. And overall, I'm pleased. I was I'm, impressed. I'm impressed because this was stereo surprising in 80. Uh-huh. So you get tons of surrounds, more overheads in this than most. Yeah, I was impressed. I was really impressed. And there are some notes in John Williams's music, like like symbols or something, that it's funny because they never get lost and it sounds very good. And a lot of atmospheric surrounds yes. and flybys and stuff. Now, saying that, though, Phantom, this was reproduced. I don't think it was reproduced good enough uh-huh. because it still has that dated hollow tinny sound to voices they didn't boost the frequency of all the voices and you didn't mention the overdubs oh right there was three that i personally picked out that you see and i'm like it was blaring obvious to me because they're showing like the side of a face in their mouth and it's what where did that come from yeah like it's funny with overdubs like i you you can tell you can tell when they are not actually speaking and it's uh, it hurts <laughs> yeah and it's a shame because they spent time reproducing this audio for this mega hit and they just didn't boost the body of people's voices so while yeah. there was a lot of surrounds like you've never heard before overheads cool action scenes you know when you start listening to this that this is an old movie oh yeah it's very it's very obvious yes like very obvious all right dialogue was audible everywhere just like what we said it was just very low and no body no punch to it base was a little lackluster there's a lot of ships blowing up and all sorts of things happening it's just well below average Mm -hmm. for bass they didn't modulate any of the low frequencies in this you get a couple times a punch here and there but nothing that will make you remember it (laughs) let's put it that way yeah that's true all right lady phantom what do we have on for special features all righty we have conversations the lost interviews Discoveries from inside, matte paintings unveiled. Documentary, a conversation with the masters. Filmmaker interviews, extended and deleted scenes. Cast and filmmaker audio commentary. Cast and crew archival audio commentary and much more. Awesome. Okay, Phantom mentioned that she wanted to do Rogue One. I just want to do this really quick is I did walk downstairs while she was watching this a year or two ago, and she was watching it, I would presume, on Netflix, and I think it was on 4K, because there was a scene you went to and you said, look, who does this look like? Disney Plus. Okay, Disney Plus. And I will say that looked good. For the five minutes I seen, that looked super clean. That's all I wanted to mention with that. Yeah, and note aside, Rogue One, out of all these movies, Rogue One is my favorite. Okay. For me, this is a little tough to put a a good exacting grade on it. I'm going to do my best because this is head and shoulders above what you could get before. VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. Because they did scrub it. There's no grain, noticeable grain. It is soft at time, but there is standout scenes, colorful scenes that use some of the wide color gamut. Mm-hmm. HDR, yeah. very mild utilization. You know, a few times with lightsabers and some of the lasers and maybe a scene Lights. here or there. But you'll know this ain't no standout or can't be compared to 
a modern day movie like 2001 or Terminator 2 that's in our demo worthy. So it's kind of tricky because we got to do a mixture. This is a great release for this movie, but it's not in the top 50% of 4K releases, I would say. But what I'm going to give this is a B minus. Me too. And if this is your film, if you're a collector, if you want the Star Wars franchises in the best quality, you must, must get this on 4K. Absolutely. I think B minus is very fair because, it, I mean, it's definitely above average as a 4K disc, but also it's lacking a few things. It's that lacking you want. visual punch and Bas- clarity. That's basically and what it lacks because, I mean, I was impressed with that Atmos. I, I was not expecting to hear so many things over my head. Like, I, I really was not expecting that. But it is a good release. And I think B- minus is very fair. Like, if you are a Star Wars fan, then, I mean, then you will buy this anyway. Who are we kidding? But, but it is definitely worthy. Wrapping up episode 66, the bonus of The Empire Strikes Back. Tell the fans where to go, Lady Finn. BillShetty.com, where you will sign that guest book. This is the guest book you want to fill out. (laughs) Doing Obi-Wan Kenobi hand moves. And leave your requests there, your suggestions, recommendations. And just go to the end of the pages and you will find the links to everything. Follow me on Twitter, LadyPhantom74, where I always tweet when there's a new episode or written review or whatever. For Lady Phantom, I am Bill Shetty. We'll catch you on the next Movies and 4K.